Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was about 15 years old, and my dad had brought me home a DVD player, or not a DVD player, but a DVD. Y'all remember DVDs before Netflix and Hulu and YouTube? And um, anyway, so I put this DVD into my DVD player in my, in my room, and it was this band called uh, Salvador. Salvador. It's hard to say it in English, man. Salvador, I'll just say it like that. Uh, this band named Salvador. They were kind of a, a, um, a Spanglish type of band. And, um, and I, remember, I remember that night putting it in there. And, and like they had like a, just a different type of groove to them that I really, really liked. And at that, at that point, I'm learning the bass. And the bass player for that band is um, really, really good. And I remember their, the, the song that they're singing is open the eyes of my heart. Anybody, anybody grew up in church, know that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So they're singing this song and then the video, the camera pans to the crowd, like off of the band and pans onto the crowd. And I remember at that moment, just crying. I broke down and I started crying in my room all by myself. And that was the very first time that I ever felt the call of God, that I knew that I was called by God at that moment. And as as the camera is kind of going through the through the crowd and showing people, you know, in worship, lifting up their hands, I remember at that moment, you know, I want to do that. Like I want to be a part of that. And then immediately. I'm not talking about the next day. I'm not talking about the next week. I'm talking immediately thoughts come into my mind and, and, and thoughts come into my heart saying, EJ, you'll never be able to do that because of who you are and because of what you've done, because of the thoughts that you think, because of the type of things that you've been involved with, you will never, ever be able to be that person. And I remember I was already kind of weeping and, and, and just thinking, you know, God, use my life in that way. And then as soon as these thoughts came into my mind, then I started crying, but a different cry this time. This time, a cry of, of shame, a cry of guilt, a cry of regret. And uh, since that moment on, I've always struggled with forgiving myself. You see, I grew up, you guys have heard me say this hundreds of times, I grew up in church. I've, I've been here, man. I've spent so many hours in this building. Um, I grew up as a child, like sleeping underneath the pews, and my, my, my parents, uh, once I was about nine or ten years old, they had this van, um, and they put a mattress in the back seat, like that's, or in the, in the very back of it. Like that's how much time we spent up and down the roads coming back and forth from churches. And, and um, so I grew up in church and I've heard hundreds and maybe thousands of messages. And the reason it was always so hard for me to forgive myself is because I, I knew better and I still chose to do wrong. And I'll never forget, I was about 19 years old, and I'm in the middle of making some bad, bad, bad choices in my life. And 
I remember my dad having a conversation with me and, and he just looks at me right in the eyes and he says, EJ, this isn't how we raised you. We didn't teach you this. Where is this coming from? And, you know, and that, obviously, that click, that hit home, and, and, and thank God my, my life changed after, the, after that moment. But I've made just as many, if not more, mistakes than, than a lot of you, and I knew better. And so, again, I've always struggled I've always struggled so much with just forgiving myself. You know, I've always been my toughest critic. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? Like nobody can criticize you more than what you can criticize yourself. Nobody can be more disappointed in yourself than what you are in yourself. Anybody, anybody ever hit that moment? Anybody ever been in the moment to where you look at yourself in the mirror and you, you can't stand it? You don't, you don't even, you don't even want the mirror anymore. Because you can't stand the person that you become. You can't stand the mistakes that you made in your life. You can't stand where you are. Any, anybody, anybody else ever been there? And I believe that this single thing, lack of forgiving ourselves, lack of getting past our own mistakes, I believe that this one single thing keeps so many of us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. I believe that if, if, if the devil, if Satan can make us believe that we're not worthy of forgiveness, if he can make us believe that we can't accept or we can't embrace or we can't have forgiveness for our own mistakes, if he can make us believe this and he can, if he can just make us stay in this mode, in this, in this thought process, then he'll make us give up. He'll keep us from accomplishing what God created us to do. And make no mistake about it. Make, have no doubts about this. God created each and every single one of you with a purpose in mind. None of you, I don't care what your parents said, you're not here by accident. You might have surprised mommy and daddy, but you did not surprise God. Amen? Amen? You guys with me? Your kids might have surprised you, but... They didn't surprise God. That, that, that always kind of cracks me up, like, you know, accident, like, come on now. I didn't, I didn't know that that's how babies were made out. Nobody's here by accident. God created you with purpose on purpose. You guys with me? Luke chapter 15, we'll read this story. <clears throat> we start in verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far, far, to a far country, excuse me, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he, sent, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? 
I will arise and go to my father and I will say to, say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy. Highlight that word right there, worthy. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And we arose and came to, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy. There's that word again, worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your presence in this place. We know that you are here. So God, we ask that you'd speak into our hearts, speak into our lives. God, help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Everybody says, amen, amen. Amen. Forgiving ourselves, forgiving yourself. Again, something that I have struggled with so much. And this is where we find this young man. He goes to his dad. And he says, give me everything that's mine. So his dad splits up the possessions and he takes off and he goes, the Bible tells us, with prodigal living, um, whatever that means. I guess he wasted it all on bad things. And then whenever uh, a drought comes along, a famine comes along and he goes and he finds work with somebody and, and that job was feeding pigs. The boy probably never had a job in his life and now he's got to feed pigs has anybody ever worked with hogs? Like, I'm not talking about like your cute little show hog. I'm talking about worked with hogs in a hog farm. How do you get that smell off of you? You guys, you guys with me? I, I did it for a summer. Whenever I was like 13 or 14 years old, I did it for a summer. And let me just tell you, the ladies didn't dig it. Like, how do you get that smell off of you? Man, I, this was before Axe, you know, so I, I couldn't just go like, shh, you know, Axe. These kids are just like, shh. I had, I had to use, and I use cheap cologne, so it's stained in my shirts. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about there? Just me? Just me? Okay. Spraying it all over me. This boy's probably never had a job in his life. His very first job is feeding pigs. And he's not even making enough money, obviously, to feed himself because the Bible tells us that he was so hungry, he would have gladly ate the slop, the, the, the pig feet. Now, pigs are nasty, nasty creatures. How hungry do you have to be to want to share a plate with them? Pretty, pretty, pretty hungry. I mean, you're, you're like literally famished. You're literally starving. And then, and then Jesus tells us that, that finally, once he, once he starts desiring to eat, eat with the pigs, he says, man, you know what? My, my father's, his servants, his workers live way better than what I'm living right now. He says, I'll just go and I'll ask for forgiveness. I'll repent. And then at least, maybe he'll at least hire me on as a servant. And then I'll, I'll get to eat. I'll get to, I'll, I'll have plenty of food to eat. And this is where he, fi- where he finds himself. Maybe, I don't know what took him so long. Maybe pride. Maybe he didn't want to be the guy that, Left home and then had to come back. You know, he was, he, here is the very first, have y'all ever heard the term the boomerang kids? Here's the very first boomerang kid right here. 
The ones that you, you throw out, you kick out of the house, and then they come back, that's, that's what they call a boomerang kid. Kid. So he's the very first boomerang kid. He leaves home. Pride maybe sets in. Pride maybe keeps him away from home. But eventually he decides, I've got to go back. I've got to ask for forgiveness, and I'm coming back. Now, this is what happens um, whenever we don't forgive ourselves, when we don't cut ourselves any slack. Check out verse 17. He says, but when he came to himself, some of your Bibles might say, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He says, even my dad's workers, his, even his lowest uh, servants, even they have plenty to eat. You see, whenever we don't learn to forgive ourselves, when we can't get over it, when we can't get past our mistakes, you know what it does? It keeps us from enjoying or from receiving God's blessings. This is what he understands. He understands if I would just repent, if I would just go back to my father's house, there at least I'll have plenty to eat. But here I'm having to fend for myself. Here I'm not getting enough. Here where I am right now in my pride, in my ego, whatever it might be, whatever was holding him from going and asking for forgiveness, he understands that he will never have as much as if he would just go be a servant at his dad's house. And when we allow our pride or our ego or, or whatever it is that keeps us from forgiving ourselves, when we allow ourselves to stay there, we'll never be able to enjoy, maybe not even be able to receive God's blessings. You guys with me? Now, I want you to know, now this isn't any prosperity gospel, but I want you to know that God wants to bless you. Like, there's this, there, there's this one side of the coin where people think that, you know, God wants us all to be rich, and, and that's not true. You know, God doesn't want everybody to be rich, and God doesn't, like, just rain money down on everybody, right? I mean, if he does, then I'm doing it wrong anyways. But on the other side, there's also, like, this, this teaching that God wants us all to be, like, broke and not have anything at all, and if you have a good job, then you must be cheating somehow. I, I don't know. You, anybody ever heard somebody talk like that? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it especially around in, in in our type of culture, you know, anybody that's doing well at all, they must be doing something wrong, you know. So, so God doesn't. Again, God doesn't maybe just rain money down on us, but He doesn't necessarily want us all to be broke and have absolutely nothing. Like he wants to bless you. He wants you to do good in life and he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. And whenever we hold on and, and whenever we allow this unforgiveness to, to settle and, 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 and simmer down in our hearts and in our souls and it keeps us from receiving and keeps us from enjoying God's blessings. If we keep on reading verse 18. He says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I have sinned against heaven and before you. See, what he's saying is this is who I am, and when we don't forgive ourselves, we are filled with shame. When we don't forgive others, we become bitter, but when we don't forgive ourselves, we become shameful. And see, what shame does, shame says, it, it doesn't say I'm sorry for what I did. It says I'm sorry for who I am. 
When we don't forgive ourselves, we allow shame to set in. And we start telling ourselves stuff like, well, this is just who I am. This is just the way it's going to be. This is just the way my life is going to look. Anybody ever been there? Like you've been struggling with something and and you seem to mess up time and time again in that specific area and you get so tired of it that you finally just say, well, this is just the way that I'm going to be. Like this is just a part of who I am. This is a this is the way my, my parents were, my grandparents were, my aunts and uncles are this way. This is just a part of my life. This is a part of me. You ever been there? And when we don't forgive ourselves, that's what happens is we allow shame to set in. Here's just a, here's just a quick question that I want you to ask yourself. And, 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 and maybe, listen to me, maybe this entire message isn't for anybody else but for me. But, but listen to this one question. If we had friends, if we had a friend, a best friend, whatever, that talked to us, that talked about us the, the way that we talk, about ourselves or the way that we talk to ourselves in our minds, how long would we continue being friends with them? Did you guys follow that? If somebody said all of the mean and nasty things that we say to the mirror, how long would we continue being friends with them? If somebody just repeatedly called us a failure the way that we call ourselves a failure, If someone repeatedly talked bad about our relationships the way that we talk bad about our own relationships. How long would we continue being friends with them? Would we still text them? Would we still post about them? Would we still take selfies with them? You guys with me? And so many times we allow ourselves to beat ourselves down and we talk down to ourselves and we talk down to others about ourselves. And all that is is shame setting in. That's telling us, it's us telling ourselves that we'll never be any better, that this is just who we are, this is what we do, and and we'll just never be any better you ever look at somebody else somebody else's walk with God and you think well I'll never be able to do that anybody like that's that that was one of the very first thoughts whenever I'm watching that DVD sitting in my bedroom all by myself that was one of the very first thoughts well EJ you'll never be on the stage like that because of who you are because of what you've done And I immediately thought that because they were up there, I just immediately thought that maybe they lived a perfect life because we all judge everybody by their Instagram, by their highlight rule. Yeah? Either y'all don't want to be real or y'all are still sleeping, one of the two. But it's what we do. And we allow shame to set in and listen to this. Once we allow shame to set in, then it will cause us to question our identity. Verse 19, it says, I am no longer worthy. I ask you to highlight that. If, I hope you highlighted it or circled it if you have a pen. And just draw a little arrow and, and ask this simple question. When were we ever? When were we ever worthy? He says, I was, I'm, I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. 
Now, let me ask you this. What did your children do to deserve your love? Or what, what did they do to deserve to be called your kids? Some of our kids might ask that every now and then, huh? What did I deserve for you to be my dad? No, but if, if, if your kids come up to you and ask, hey, what can I do to earn your love? Hopefully there's nothing. I mean, hopefully it's just given, right? But he says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He says, make me as one of your hired servants. You see, once shame sets in, it will cause us to question our identity. It will cause us to question who God says that we are. It will cause us to question what God created us for. It will cause us to question our purpose in life. You guys with me? And we'll think this whole loving God, this whole serving God and, 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 and changing the world thing and the whole life change through Jesus, we'll think that all of that is for someone else. Not for me, not for my home, not for my family. Because we've allowed shame to set in and now we question our identity. We're questioning who God says we are. We're questioning if, if all of this in the Bible and everything we've ever heard, if this can even be a reality in our lives. Are you guys with me? Anybody kind of ask something like that? Like, that would be nice, but probably not for me. Like, I, I'd love to see God move in my family, but that's probably not going to happen for me. I love for God to use me in this way, but probably can't use me. Anybody ever thought something like that? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is what happens when we don't forgive ourselves. We allow shame to set in. Once shame sets in, we start to question our identity. Once we start to question our identity, you know what we do? We start to question our position with God. We start to question where we stand with God. We start to question what God thinks about us. And this is what he begins to do. The second part of verse 19, he says, Make me like one of your hired servants. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. Do you hear what he's asking his father to do? He's asking his father to forget that he's his son. Forget that he's his flesh and bone. Forget that he's a fruit of his loins and to just have him as just a hired hand. Just, just another hired guy. Just another guy that I don't care about. I can hire him today and fire him tomorrow and not even, not even bat an eye. Not ever think about it again. Because he's starting to question where he stands. He doesn't know where he stands with his own father. And that's what happens when we allow the Satan, when we allow the devil, when we allow Satan to get into our minds, get into our thoughts and make us question our identity and our position with God. That's whenever so many people start to think that God is angry with them, that God can't forgive them, that God doesn't love them anymore. When you go back to the fall of man, man, God starts walking back into the garden and Adam and Eve, they hear God. So what did they do? Anybody know? Yeah, they went and they hid. They run away from God. 
because they don't know anymore. Where do we stand? I don't don't know what God thinks about me anymore. I don't know where I stand with God. I don't know if he's mad at me. I don't know if he's disappointed at me. I, I, I don't know if he's angry. I don't know if he's bitter. I don't know if he's resentful. I don't know if he just wants to punish me. And you guys with me? cracks me up man all, all, all of the everybody around here thinks that the church is going to burn down if they walk into the come on anybody ever heard oh I better not go to church it might not be standing whenever I leave what what are you talking about dude but really really what they're saying is I don't know where I stand with God I don't know what God thinks about me anymore and that's kind of their way of of trying to be a little bit funny and trying to like i don't know like that's so egotistical anyways anyway that that frustrates me but anyways anyways we'll, we'll move past that but really what it is it's a cry of saying i don't know what god thinks about me anymore i don't know if god still does love me I don't know if God can forgive me. And it's because they haven't forgiven themselves. It's because they're still ashamed of what they've done. They're still ashamed of who they've been. Listen, don't ever question your position with God. You're a child of God. Let me tell you, you are a child of God. God created you. God loves you. And there's absolutely nothing you could ever do. There's nothing you could ever do. The psalmist said, if I go into the depths of the ocean, he says, there you are. And if I go into the highest of the mountains and into the heavens, he says, there you are. Listen, you can keep running and you can keep running and you can feel like and you can think that God is so far away that he can never hear your voice. But I'm telling you, we have a God that is pursuing us actively pursuing us so we may take a step away but you know what he takes a step right after us and he's never farther away than arm's length so don't begin to question your position with God why why is it important that we forgive ourselves um Ephesians chapter 4 32 says, and be kind to one, one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We forgive ourselves, not because we necessarily have earned it, not because we deserve it, but because God has forgiven us. It's important that we learn to forgive ourselves so that we can find healing. As long as you keep holding on to your shame, as long as you keep questioning your identity, as long as you keep questioning your position with God, you will never find true healing. It's amazing how shame creeps up on us too. Like we can be all good and we can be all happy and and we can be having the time of our life and all it takes is like a smell or a sound or a word or a song or a something that we see and it takes us right back to that sin. It takes us right back to that fall, takes us right back to that mistake. You guys with me? We just hear somebody's name and it all comes right back to us. 
If we don't learn to forgive ourselves, if we don't learn to get over it, if we don't get, learn to get past our own mistakes, our own sh- shortcomings, we will never find healing. We will always be filled with shame. We will always be bitter. So I want to I help you guys. Here are some things that have helped me get past my own mistakes, to help me get past my own failures. Uh, Verse 19, we'll read it again. He says, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Listen, we've got to understand that we were never meant to be perfect. You guys with me? Listen, moms, dads, cut yourself some slack. You're not meant to be the perfect mom. You're not meant to be the perfect dad, the perfect husband, the perfect wife. You cannot be. You guys with me? Some of y'all are killing yourselves. You're killing yourselves, trying to make it to every game and every event, and and your kids want to be a part, or you want them to be a part of everything, and you get so frustrated because you, you just can't be at all things at the same. It's okay. It's okay. There's been several little Johnnies whose mommy and daddy didn't make it to every game, and you know, they grew up to be okay. You guys, you guys would... Okay, this is where I lose half of y'all. It's, it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll wait just a little bit, and you guys can kind of jump, jump back on board. But it's the truth, man. Cut yourself some slack. You were never meant to be perfect. You were never supposed to be perfect. It is Im, in, impossible. Impossible. What is that? It is impossible to be perfect. There's been one person, perfect person walked this world, right? His name was Jesus. Everybody else outside of Jesus Christ, everybody else has failures. Everybody else has failed. Everybody else will fail. You're not meant to be. You cannot be the perfect mom, the perfect dad, the perfect wife, the perfect husband, the perfect friend, the perfect brother, the perfect sister, the perfect employee, the perfect boss, the perfect manager. The per- you can't be. Cut yourself some slack. Anybody with me? Yeah? Again, listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. And, and, and I feel like I need to talk to a little bit more to the moms here is because we, you look at everybody else's IG and you look at everybody else's Instagram and everybody else's Pinterest. Can y'all look at each other's Pinterest? I don't even know how Pinterest works. Okay. You look at everybody else's Pinterest ideas anyways. And, and we just feel like failures, right? Whenever we start comparing ourselves to everybody else's highlight reel, you guys with me? Again, either y'all are still sleeping or y'all don't want to be real today. Can we be real? Can we be real? Come on, guys. Can we be real today? You aren't, you're not supposed to be perfect. You can't be perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to miss some games. You're going to miss some events. It's okay. Life's going to go on. Listen, if by the time your kid gets to be 50 years old and they're crying about the baseball game that you missed, promise you they got bigger issues than Little League Baseball. Amen. You, guys, you guys with me? There's something else 
bowling underneath the surface there, if that's, that's what they're crying about when they're 50. Like, oh, I never got a job because mommy wasn't there at my baseball game. Okay. Okay, bro. You guys with me? It's okay. You're not supposed to be perfect. Guys, you're not supposed to be perfect. You can't be the perfect dad. You can't be the perfect husband. Now, I'm not, not, now listen to me, guys. I'm not like, this isn't a pass. Well, I'm not going to be perfect, so I'm just going to, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like giving you a pass here either. We got to try and we got to do our best, right? But cut yourself some slack too. Cut yourself some slack. You're not going to be perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect. You guys with me? Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great distance off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I love the verse, the very first few words of that. He says, and he arose and he came to his father. Listen, one of the greatest steps that we can take and forgiving ourselves is to repent and just start going in the right direction. To repent, to like just decide I'm not going to do that anymore. Like understand that there's grace. Don't abuse grace. Don't abuse the forgiveness of God. Don't abuse the forgiveness of others. Understand that there is grace there. And repent, say, I'm not going to be this person. I'm not going to do this action. I'm not going to do these kind of things anymore. I'm going to change. And so we repent, and we just start making, taking steps in the right direction. So many times, our lack of forgiving ourselves, what it does is it takes us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Yeah? It's like, it's, it's like me. I've, I've shared with you guys my story. Like, uh, me and a, a couple of friends, we're going to fast for three days because we really want to hear from God. And, and I did that very first day. I did really, really, really well from like 6 a.m. to like 9 p.m. I did great. But at 9 p.m., there was my son had left like half a strawberry Pop-Tart on the counter. And I promise you that little Pop-Tart grew wings and devil horns and like just jumped into my mouth. And you know what I did? I was like, well, I already messed it up. Might as well do, do good. So I, then I made me like a stack of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like this is, this is what we seem to do with sin and our own mistakes is like, well, I already messed up. Might as well mess up good. You guys with me? Listen. We have to repent, we turn away from it, and just start taking some steps in the right direction. Don't, because I failed, because I messed up, just like jump all into it. Don't do that. Just start taking steps in the right direction. You guys with me? It might seem every now and then like you're a little bit hypocritical or it might seem a little bit like you're, you're, you're like warm. You know, the, the Bible scripture in Revelations when Jesus says that because you weren't hot or cold, I spat you out of my mouth. Well, it might seem like we're a little bit lukewarm every now and then, but we're headed towards hot. You guys with me? Like we might, we might keep messing up, but we're, we're headed in the right direction. Yeah? We might still... Say a few words that we're not supposed to, but at least it wasn't as many. 
Yeah? Like, those are victories, guys. Like, that's, that's actually good. Again, cut yourself some slack. Repent, and let's start heading in the right direction. It's so easy to get discouraged because we seem so far away from the mark. But look back and see how far you've come. That's what matters. You guys still with me? Repent and start going in the right direction. This third part, remember God's love is based on his character, not on our performance. Man, that is good. Remember that God's love for you is based on him, on his character, not on who you are, not on what you do. Those of you that are parents, what would it take for you to stop loving your kids? What would it take? What do they have to do? What do they have to say? Where do they have to go for you to stop loving them? You can't. Like, how, how do, that's not even a thought. It's not even a, like, how do you, you don't even know where that would come from, how that would be even possible, right? I love, man, we had, we had uh, Pastor Gary Jennings here just a couple of months ago, and, and his story is so incredible with the, with the Father's house and how is, you know, um, if you weren't here, go back and listen to it on the podcast. Uh, uh, it was sometime in, in June or July. I, I don't, you'll, you'll be able to find it. But, but his story is so incredible. And, and I remember the first time he tells me, man, his, his, his son is just, he, he's just messing up. So bad. This is how bad it got, man. He, he was dealing drugs. And it got so bad that, that his boss, his son's boss, the drug lord or whatever you want to call him, actually temporarily kidnapped his daughter just to show Gary that, hey, you're not untouchable. We can, we can do whatever we want. That's crazy stuff, right? Like that's movie stuff, right? That doesn't even seem like it's real life. But that happened to him. And you know what he, said? You know what he does? He still looks at his son and he says, you know what? You're going to be my son, and I'm going to love you, and you might be my drug-dealing son, but you are my son. That's incredible. That's incredible. God's love for us, for you, is based on his character. It's based on who he is, not on your performance, not on what you do, not on what you say, not on your thoughts, not on where you go. You got to remember that. You got to let that sink in. And I believe that we will learn to forgive ourselves so much quicker and easier if we would understand that God forgives, that God loves. And then lastly, remember Jesus paid the price so that we wouldn't have to. Remember that Jesus paid the price so that we wouldn't have to. It'd be crazy. It'd be idiotic. It'd be dumb. It'd be just flat out stupid if one of us went anywhere. Like if, I don't know, if you're, if you're at Walmart and you just bought all of your groceries and you, they just swiped your debit card or, or scanned your check or you took your cash, whatever, and then your kid comes right behind you and says, hey, I want to pay for that $200 of groceries too, like after you just paid for it. 
Now, how stupid would that be, right? I would be like, first of all, we'd be like, where'd you get $200 from, son? <laughs> I mean, that, that might be the first question we have. But then we'd also say, it's, our, it's paid. It's paid. I've already paid for it. It's done. It's over. Let's load it up in the car if you want to, but it's done. It's over. It's paid for. And some of you are trying to pay for your own mistakes. Some of you are still trying to pay for your own sins. You you still feel like there's something that you can do. There's something that you should do to make this right. And you can't. It's already been paid. It's already been covered. It's already taken care of. And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing God wants you to do except to embrace and accept His forgiveness. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurmanmodelchurch.com.